This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Okay, welcome back. We are switching gears. We are going to talk to our trusted contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association and... Hot flashes, mood swings, joint pain, short-term memory problems, weight gain. Those are just a few of the symptoms women can experience during menopause. The hormone changes that are part of menopause affect each person differently, and they raise a lot of questions. I know of some people where uh, it's completely no big deal, almost nothing, and I know of people who have been extremely severely affected. So whether you're looking for over-the-counter relief for mild symptoms or information on hormone therapy, which has been very controversial and the guidelines have been changed a bunch of times, your pharmacist is a great resource. I'm here with Billy Chung, who is our approved contributor. I'm going to give the numbers out again if you have questions out there. And, you know, we talk about menopause for women, but, but men go through stuff too. I I believe it's called andropause and it's also very controversial. Some men are looking into taking or prescribed to take uh, testosterone for what they call low T. So uh, any questions around that or any questions you have for your pharmacist, give us a shout 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. Hi, Billy. Welcome. Yeah. Hi, Libby. So uh, do a lot of people come in and ask you about menopause-related symptoms? It's, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a big topic, as you, as you listed at the beginning, all those symptoms and stuff. I mean, it's not fun to be uh, experiencing that. So it's uh, really an opportunity to help people understand what's happening through this change, this stage change in life uh, for women and, uh, and how they can deal with uh, certain things, whether it's with lifestyle changes or drugs and, and such. But but there are there are different phases that uh, it goes through, and uh, for a number of women, over over time, once they pass through the menopause phase and they're in the post menopause phase, um, it does subside a lot of those symptoms. But the transition part is where there's some challenges, obviously. You know, and there's another thing uh, that uh, I found out about that I had no idea about, and I don't know if this affects everybody, but there's, you know, the first menopause thing when it happens and then five or six years later kaboom comes back again it's um you know it's uh, it's called perimenopause and it's that transition period usually around the ages of between 40 to 50 years old is uh is when the estrogen levels for a woman starts to decline and uh, it, they may start experiencing some symptoms during that period of time. However, what happens is that as they get close to the point of the actual menopause taking place, and if we're going to define menopause, it's basically 12 months of not having a p- monthly period. Okay, so that, that is the official diagnosis. So until that happens, you're not, 
you're not in menopause. You could be in that perimenopausal period. Um, but over the, those years, which could be five years, it could be even up to 10 years, depending on how long, but typically around four or five years uh, leading up, your estrogen levels are kind of moving around. They're not sure. Your body's kind of just adjusting. And then as it gets close to the menopause period, then there's this rapid decline, and that's when all these symptoms start taking place. Um, and uh, that could be a few years of symptoms, but basically the uh, it, it leads up to the menopausal time period. You're menopausal. You have that 12-month period without a period. And then uh, what happens is that your, your hormone level starts to kind of uh, – they're still kind of out of whack, but at that point in time, you have less estrogen. And then a few years later, hopefully your body's adjusted, and then many pe- people hopefully – those symptoms will subside. So kind of three phases, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause, and things happen differently during that things, time. Things definitely happen differently, and, and also depending on your health situation, because uh, if you're diagnosed with cancer and if you're on chemotherapy, that will induce menopause right away. Yes, yeah. It's, uh, you know, depending on what happens, uh, you know, some people have their uterus removed and so forth. And, and when that happens, yeah, you're immediately in, you've, chemi- you're, you've surgically even induced with, me- menopause. Right? That's surgical, but even yeah. it's chemical too. If, you know, chemotherapy, um, it'll yep. do it. Yep. So you got symptoms. So, so people will need to hopefully deal with the symptoms. The main one that we see and, and, and hear from complaints, there's, there's, there's really two, uh, but the main one would be the hot flashes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's when you, you feel that, uh, that warmth and flushing throughout your whole body. It just spreads all around, and it's suddenly this hot sweat and so forth. It can happen at night, daytime. It can happen really any time. And, and it's also, it can be embarrassing because you can kind of see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's a number of things that people, can do. Now, there's lifestyle changes, obviously, mm-hmm. um, that uh, people can look at. And it's, uh, you know, uh, people can look at, first of all, um, uh, diet. Uh, they can look at weight management, um, exercise. Uh, and we've even seen uh, some success in people taking uh, uh, yoga, breathing exercises, things like that, just to kind of manage the respiratory rate. Um, but there are some things that people will do if they're not interested in taking any medications or things like that to, to help manage it, even down to fans and how you layer clothing and air conditioners and things like that to also manage some of those situations. Um, so how big a factor is lifestyle in terms of, of diet? I'm, I'm assuming when you say uh, you, that eating a healthy diet is better. Yes. And healthy diet's good for everything. Um, it's primarily what I've seen and read is that it's, it's related to the weight management component. So in other words, if somebody's BMI level is higher uh, than it should be, then uh, their, their hot flashes and, and that, uh, those types of symptoms for them is, is probably a little bit more um, severe for them, and, and it can be better managed if they look at how basically reducing some of their BMI relates back to that exercise and diet component, obviously. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to say to the people out there, uh, uh, speaking of embarrassing, don't be shy. You're on the radio. If you have a question about uh, menopause or andropause or actually any other thing uh, that Billy can answer, he's our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And uh, for some people, those symptoms of menopause can last for a very, very long time. Uh, we're talking about there are things you can do that don't involve drugs, but obviously some of them that do involve drugs. So, uh, Billy, what would be the first line? So the first line is hormone replacement therapy. 
Okay, so when you talk about menopause, it's that decreasing estrogen uh, and then the, the, the declining estrogen for, that, uh, for the woman. And uh, so it's replacing that estrogen during that transition period. Um, so you, you did mention there's been controversy over yes. this. And uh, I remember when I first uh, graduated in pharmacy school and was licensed as a pharmacist, I remember the, the uh, estrogen therapy was huge. Like every single day, you've had so many women treating their symptoms. But at the same time, at that point in time, there was some thought process that the uh, estrogen replacement therapy also per- protected the, the women from uh, cardiovascular disease, um, cancer, uh, uh, and osteoporosis. And so there, there was a, a different line of treatment back then. Um, there was a study done, I think it was back in 2002. It's uh, called the World Health um, uh, Initiative, uh, Women's Health Initiative. And uh, that study uh, had to be stopped because uh, along the course of doing that study, what they found was that there was actually an increased risk. It was slight. It was a, a, a small increase, but they did see it uh, of cardiovascular disease, uh, cancer, uh, and, and, and so forth. So they, they had to stop the study and then revisit, how do we treat this? How do we do this? Okay. Yeah. So for a while it was, don't go to hormone replacement therapy. It causes cancer or raises the risk yeah. for breast cancer. It was, you know, stay away from this stuff. And then there was a re-evaluation. Yes. And the re-evaluation said, and this is for women at average risk for breast cancer, does not apply if you're at high risk for yep. breast cancer. The, right. It said, okay, uh, if you have quite severe symptoms, you can go on to hormone replacement. You should only do it in the first while. Yep. Uh, after menopause, you should not be on it for a prolonged period. I think the maximum is five years. Yeah. But but it, it, it was interesting because they really put the scare in a lot of people about hormone replacement and now saying, you know what, um, maybe it's not so bad in the right cases. Well, so few things. It definitely, in terms of just how much we actually see of hormone replacement therapy, it's definitely down from way back before then, yeah. right? You don't see it as often anymore. But we are seeing women on it, and it, really the thinking is, and it's like any medication, you got to look at the risks and benefits related to it. And um, there wasn't good reason for having people suffer through all these symptoms that, that we talked about from through menopause when there is an opportunity to help manage that. Um, the difference is looking at the actual study numbers. And, I, and, and when I looked at some of the numbers, you look at it, and it was, it was the difference between not having it and having it was 30 uh, women versus 38 women out of 10,000. Okay, so the difference was only eight uh, women that had that difference. So the, the, while the risk was uh, significant once you kind of looked at later years, in other words, if you've been, uh, they, they said that it was after 10 years, definitely they saw that the, the statistical significance was Yeah, you rising. shouldn't be on anything for yeah. 10 years unless, uh, Exactly. You know. But if it's just during that menopausal period for a few years where the symptoms are very severe, your estrogen levels are really down and you really need that help, then w- within that five-year time period, they're finding that, yeah, you know what, there is that ability to use hormone replacement therapy to treat some of that. Okay. Uh, we're going to have to take a break soon, but let's take one call before we go to break. We've got Sharon in London. Hi, Sharon. Hello. Um, I'm postmenopausal, late 60s, and uh, vaginal dryness is my problem. And, uh, and a lot of other people's. <laughs> yep. yep. And it causes a lot of pain, but um, I still want to be sexually active with my husband, so. Yep. It's uh, that's the other thing that happens. Obviously, is that you you've got um, 
estrogen receptors that obviously aren't being stimulated, and what happens is that the um, the vaginal tract becomes uh, less elastic. It's 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 just it's not as uh, uh, the the vaginal lubrication is not that there. So there are some things you can do. There's vaginal lubricants. Okay, so some people will try that. First. Just the over the counter. They're, they're very messy and. and- yeah. Not very nice. Okay. And then the other thing that some people will do is uh, topical estrogen uh, cream as well that's applied to that area. So what happens is that the estrogen is not absorbed as much. There's still a little bit of absorption, but not really that significant. But what happens is it acts locally. Uh, in other words, you have some of that estrogen replacement that takes place in that area to help stimulate some of that as well. I don't know if that's been looked at. What about those uh, suppositories? Yep. It, again, it's just it's different options to deliver the estrogen to that area, right? Um so. I find that that's very irritating out to that area. Yeah, it's there's have you have you tried those tablets? They're tablets that you insert. Yes, and, and they're messy and, and irritating. No, they shouldn't be messy. Yeah, it well, just, they are. They dissolve and 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 uh, it's, they cause a lot of irritation. So they, yeah, yeah. It's my advice is so. So there's different delivery routes, right? There's even some medications now where there's a, there's a. a vaginal ring that that's inserted as well that doesn't need to be removed and type. But uh, I'd probably say, you know, you're, you, you do need to continue to have those discussions with your doctor and say, okay, are there other alternatives? Are there other options to uh, Well, the doctor doesn't at. seem to be very interested in, in discussing these things. You know what? Um, in that case, you ought to be seeing a different doctor because this is well, a really... it's pretty hard to find a different doctor. You can't just go to a different one anymore. They're not available. There are also, I'd, I'd suggest looking at, there are some menopausal physicians there right. that have expertise in that area to look at more severe situations to kind of do that. I do have to say that there, this is a physical change. It is a, a, a change in stage of life, unfortunately. Um, so uh, you, you keep looking at some of the options in terms of the medications, the, the estrogen therapy and things like that. See if we can find one that's right for you. Talk to the expert. Um, yeah, l- let me let yeah. me just jump in then. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right uh, that there are specialists. Most of them, I think, are women doctors who specialize in this. And just uh, ask your doctor for a referral, referral and do not take no for an answer. This yeah. is something that really affects women. It's a quality of life thing. It's a relationship. <laughs> issue uh, and it's huge. and yeah. it's huge and there's absolutely no reason that this should be disregarded by your doctor is your doctor a man well the doctor that i have is, is a teaching doctor so usually i get a different um resident every time i go a resident yeah. no 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 get a real doctor <laughs> i well, really you think can't, you can't just go and get one because there's no place else to go to yeah, yeah it's, if, if you're not getting, I think you should really look after trying to get that referral to that specialist, especially if a lot of the other products haven't worked for you. Um, I'll keep trying that. Yeah, that's where you need to kind of escalate it a bit more. Yeah, yeah, because there, there are now other options. And again, as I said, this is really important because this affects your, you know, your relationship with your husband. And your own um, well-being. So I just say, uh, you know, just don't take no for an answer. Easier said than done, but I'll keep trying. Okay. Thanks a lot, Sharon. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with Billy Chung, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We're talking about the change of life, menopause, andropause. Uh, We are talking about all kinds of new ways to deal with symptoms for things that people usually never wanted to talk about. 
you know, there it's it's one of those many things where people say, oh, this is inevitable. It happens because we're getting older. It is not inevitable, and there are ways to deal with it. And uh, as we told our last caller, don't take no for an answer from your doctor. Um, let's go right to the phones. We've got Anne in Woodbridge. Hello, Anne. Hi, and thank you so much for taking my call today. First, let me say I am so excited and so happy to hear that you are talking about this today. Uh, Let me just give you a little bit of of, of a back history. I've always been very athletic, always done, you know, did the right things, ate well, I'm still eating well, exercising. I was a runner. I used to run up to 20 miles a week. And all of a sudden, menopause hit. I'm 56 years old, and symptoms that I was never, you know, familiar with with my body. And it started, I would say, around the late, mid-40s. And a burning sensation down south, bit of pressure, thinking, what could this be, you know? And it started to affect my relationship with my husband. But it was periodic. It would come and go, come and go. And I'm thinking, well, this has to do with menopause. And my doctor confirmed it, that there would be some changes happening. Well, it hit me like a deer in headlights just about two years ago where the symptoms became even more persistent. And then I just didn't want to have sex. That was it. Um, went to my doctor. We went through a whole series of tests, um, even checking my bladder, thinking there could be some, you know, changes going on down there. Uh, turns out that there's a bit of stress incontinence. A lot of it has to do with menopause. Some of it may have to do with the fact that I've run quite a bit. Um, but he suggested that I use Vagifem. Have you heard of that? Yep. Uh, yeah. And I did that. And I did that for about three months, as suggested. But I'll tell you something. I waited. It was in my medicine cabinet for a year before oh. I tried it. And I'll tell you <laughs> Hopefully why. it was still not, not expired. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It was very much still, you know, uh, the date was fine. But I waited a year, and I'll tell you why. Because, again, I was really nervous and skeptical. I don't even like to take an aspirin. So let alone when I heard estrogen and hearing, care, you know, mm-hmm. hormone replacement. And he said to me, and he, you know, assured me, I have an amazing doctor. And he said, you know what, and take this slowly. It's tropical, very minimal amount gets into the bloodstream and see right. if it works for you. Yep. And I thought, I have to do something. My life has changed. Like, it's upside down. I was afraid to talk to other women about it. But then I thought, what the heck? This is how we empower ourselves as women. We need to talk to other women. because. And, and I'm waiting for the punchline. Did it oh, work for you? It didn't work. No, but no. there is a happy ending. Okay. Yes. I ended up using estrogen estrogen cream instead of the Vagifem tablet. Mm -hmm. And I started using that. And after two weeks of using it, I started to see more good days than bad. And eventually, now I'm into it now almost two and a half months and big change to my life. Well, that is a very good news story. (laughs) And I think it it also shows that that you have to, uh, you know, be willing to try different things to see products. Well, absolutely. And I know and I like the other caller, I will not take no as an answer. In fact, my doctor, when he sees me, there's a big joke, because when I walk into his office, I have a list of questions for him. And I come prepared, because I always know that when I'm in a meeting with a doctor, I'll either forget things or you get caught in the moment and then you walk out thinking geez i should have asked that exactly.
exactly. Right? Exactly. So I go in with my list, and he, he says it all the time. He says, do you have your list ready for me today? And I said, absolutely. So when I walk out of there, and, you know, so getting back to the estrogen, that has really worked. But what else has also worked is that I wanted to be referred to a urogynecologist. And I've heard a lot about that with, again, I do suffer from stress incontinence. So uh, I met with this wonderful doctor, and he is now recommending me for pelvic floor physio, which I'm also doing in conjunction with the, uh, with the estrogen. So, so far, so good. <laughs> That's right. Exercise can uh, cure a lot of things. It's a and good story. And thank, it's a good story. Thanks so much for your call. I uh, appreciate it. Oh, okay. thank you so much for talking about this. We need to talk more about it because you, you I, and I'm sure you know this already, Libby, when you talk to other women, they're, 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 oh my gosh, yes, you've got that too. I'm experiencing it as well. And I'll say, my gosh, why, why aren't we talking more about it? Because so many women are suffering in silence and they don't have to. There's a lot of resources out there. Just start reading, start talking. Okay, and thanks okay. a lot. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Let's go to Jen in London. Hello, Jen. Hello, Libby. Um, it sounds like, was it Anne? Yes. yes. Anne got a lot of good help and good connections, but that <laughs> is very rare. And I'm with Sharon on her pursuit, and it is it is right that it's really hard to get a new doctor or a referral to a specialist unless something is really, really wrong down there. And they don't think menopause is that wrong. It's just a natural part of life, right? So I wanted to offer something that helped me because nothing else did. The products in the store, the, the, lub- the lubricants or whatever, there's many types. They're expensive. They contain chemicals. They can be irritating as well. Um, the synthetic estrogens, they can be unsafe. I had a mini stroke. So I ended up, I'm using Crisco shortening with a little bit of coconut oil mixed in it, and it has saved me. <laughs> I know, simple, cheap, effective. Well, it's an oil, so it, it's... It, well, it's the only thing that's provided any comfort that isn't irritating and um, hey, nothing, nothing else works. I don't and think it's going to hurt you. No, it, I, I'm just thinking yeah. it. I, 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 like if it's, if it's working for you, I mean, it is an oil, so it's, it is a, a, a type of lubricant, right? So yeah. if that works. Yeah, and, well, coconut oil, you know, it's funny. I got some as a gift, and it's sitting on my uh, counter because it, it kind of gets uh, thick and pasty. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, because it's, it's supposed to be good to use for cooking. Uh, but it, it, it's recommended for your skin, and it turns yeah. kind of into a cream. Yeah. So, well, yeah, why not? Used- when it's used alone, it's, it's a little bit too strong. Um, I'm using Crisco shortening mixed about, say, nine parts to one part coconut oil, and you mix it up with a palette knife and store it in the, in the fridge. And, and just every time after your bath or your shower, you just okay. apply it. You created your own lubricant. Okay. I, I, hope, I hope that helps, Sharon. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay. Okay, uh, let's go to uh, Debbie in St. Agatha, and we don't have very much time left, Debbie. Hi. Hi. Uh, my question is, um, I have um, um, breast cancer, and I start oh. my radiation next week. I had the Oncotype DX testing, so I'm, I'm early stage, and uh, I don't have to have um, chemo. I just have to have radiation and take the... Um, hormone-suppressing drug. Uh, the they, tamoxifen? 
Uh, it's not tamoxifen. It's a different one. It starts with an A. I forget what it is. Aromatase inhibitor? Yes. Yeah, aromatase. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I have noticed my symptoms, have, my hot flashes have gotten a lot worse yep. since yeah. I've been on it. But my question is, um, I've also had a couple of heart attacks, and uh, so I'm on the um, cardiac cocktail, and uh, one of the things I was told was to take CoQ10 along with my um, heart, my prescribed heart pills, mm-hmm. but now they've told me at the cancer center I shouldn't be taking that or any Resveratrol, which I also was taking. Uh, okay, <clears throat> so Debbie, like, I, like we're about to run out of time, so I'm going to let Biz, Billy okay. answer. Okay, thank you. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, We'll have another pharmacist next (laughs) week. Thanks for your call, Billy. If you can answer us quickly, sorry. I I think a quick answer, CoQ10. I wasn't sure what the question was, but if they advised you not to, I'd probably have more discussions. There's different thinkings around CoQ10. I'm a fan of CoQ10 because it does do a lot of benefit in terms of cardiovascular uh, risk reduction, things like that. But there may be some specific reasons on why your doctors have said no. So I would just dig a little bit deeper on it. Okay. Uh, You know, and when you're on any kind of cancer treatment, uh, you have to check with your cancer doctors about anything you are putting on or in your body, and you have to listen to them because because that's nothing to experiment with. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.